Support for this podcast comes from Healthnetics. Do you have nagging aches and pains from your younger, more athletic days? Healthnetics CBD is a premium brand CBD that may help take care of aches and pains, as well as relieve anxiety and sleeplessness. Healthnetics products are all natural, THC-free, made in the USA, and undergo third-party lab testing to ensure quality and purity. All CBD is not the same. Order today with a money-back guarantee at healthnetics.com and use promo code SPORTS for 20% off. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Jose Young's here with MMAfighting.com, speaking with Pete Carroll here inside the UFC 246 post-fight press conference tent. Uh, the press conference just wrapped up behind us. A uh, lot to unpack. Uh, we're going to start with Conor McGregor, of course. Uh, he was victorious. He knocked out uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone in, I believe, 40 seconds, sub-minute. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, I know both of us picked Conor to win. I don't think we picked him to win that emphatically. Cowboy Cerrone actually landed zero strikes. He did throw a kick, so at least he threw something. But didn't land a single strike. So the first time that's ever happened to him, he holds every single record. And now Conor McGregor holds another record, knocks out Cowboy Cerrone under a minute, and t- absorbs zero damage. I mean, we were talking turnaround, and we were like, well, it depends on how healthy he comes out. Didn't cut weight, so his body's out of pleated. And now he absorbed no damage. We'll get to that later. But what did you make of Conor's performance here in Las Vegas? I felt it was pretty much exactly what the UFC and Conor would have wanted out of this kind of fight. Um, when it was set up, you know, Conor comes out as the favorite. Um, you know, he, he had a, a litany of things that were being talked about outside the octagon, and it was very important for him to come back in here, get a win, and create a lot of new storylines, which he absolutely did in this press conference. Um, and I feel like this is, has laid the foundation for him to start compelling people to come to these big events in Vegas again. You know, um, a lot of people in Ireland were on the fence about this, but I could feel it picking up. I could see my WhatsApp blowing up. You know, yeah. as the fight was getting closer, there there is something about Conor McGregor that Irish people need to watch. And I think he's done a great job all week of putting his best foot forward, and the result has really capped it all off. Well, I, I interesting tidbit you dropped. You felt the 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 momentum kind of pick up the closer yeah. we got to the fight. Uh, when you got here in Las Vegas, you, your remarks were like, "It's it doesn't feel like a Conor fight. The fans in Ireland don't seem that that invested." You did that yeah. wonderful piece where you interviewed all the people on the street in Dublin. Uh, whether Conor saw it or not is up for debate, but. Uh, now that the fight is over and we saw how he won and so dominantly, what was the reaction back home in Ireland? Yeah, I could I, I see people cheering him on, getting behind him again. Um, you know, he, he draped himself in the tricolor. He he went out of his way to call to action the Irish people. And that's something that we were missing for a long time. Um, as I said, after the Alvarez fight, he became a global commodity. But this one, it was a bit of a throwback in a sense that he was talking about Ireland a lot. He was addressing the country. It happened very late in the week. I mean, it's yeah. only happened really tonight, but it was a lot of it tonight. He uh, spoke to RTE, the national broadcaster, just moments ago, and um, he was asked, you know, what do you want to say to the people who've let you down? And he said, they motivate me to get back in there. They need to, they need to keep me in check. So I, I feel like that's um, the type of thing that the Irish people want to hear, that, they, that he, they have been heard. They weren't happy with his previous behavior, and this is the kind of stuff they want to see going forward, you know? So the, the, the Irish have, th- their fighter is back. He wins in, uh, I'll say, vintage Conor fashion. Mm. I mean, even he himself said leading up to that Habib fight, uh, he wasn't focused, he wasn't as motivated, he was drinking. Uh, he didn't have structure in his life. Now he was—he has structure. He didn't drink. He, I mean, someone asked him, like, how does it feel to drink again now that you won? And he just kind of laughed it off <laughs> and, and toasted his proper number 12. It was vintage Connor. what we saw. The Irish are getting behind him. 
But what's next for him inside the octagon? Like like we said, he took no damage. He was interested in fighting in March if that Israel Adesanya Yola Romero fight wasn't happening. But that fight is happening. I can't imagine they're going to put him above a middleweight title fight, especially Israel Adesanya, who they're trying to make a big star. So if you are in Conor McGregor's camp, what's the fight you are pushing for? I know UFC President Dana White is, is adamant. Conor wa he wants Conor to fight Habib next or Tony Ferguson, whoever. But if you're Conor's camp, what's the next move? You know, I, I think... The thing about the Cerrone fight is when it was made, everybody automatically is saying, oh, Connor's going to win this fight. Historically, Connor is the guy trying to climb the mountain and he's calling these names and, and people are saying, oh, I don't think he can do this one. I think that's what we need to see next. We need to see a challenge where people are going, oh, I really don't know if, he, if, if he's going to be able to do this. I think Jorge Masvidal is one of those people. Of course, Habib is one of these people. Um, Dana and Connor both particularly seem to want that Habib fight next. Um, but in I, Moscow. Like, yeah, Dana, I mean, doesn't, yeah. Dana doesn't want Moscow, but Connor's like, oh, I want to fight him in Moscow. Yeah, absolutely. Like, but that, that's what they want to see. They want to see him going on and taking on challenges where, you know, the, the odds might be stacked against him. Certainly in a Habib fight, the, the way the first fight went, he, of course Habib would be the favorite in that one. And I think that's what's really going to get people, get their skin back in the game and, and, you know, have people really compelled. A fight where we don't know what's going to happen, essentially, because, you know, this was the majority pick. The vast, vast majority pick was a Conor Mc, McGregor KO. So I think the next time we need to see him going forward, uh, putting on a bit, like, you know, challenging someone very big. Like, I'm, like I mean, he's challenging Mayweather, um, Habib, Aldo, all, moving up to fight Alvarez. These, these were the type of fights that were energizing the whole nation. And I think that's what we need to see next. And I think he's compelled to do that next as well. From what he's saying, it certainly seems that way to me. Well, the fight with Habib and Tony Ferguson is there because like one reporter pointed out, like there's all this talk of the immediate rematch, or not the immediate rematch, the rematch with Habib. Habib has to be Tony Ferguson first. And Conor seemed very interested in that fight as well. Like I, he said the lightweight, the gold, would interest him more than the fake BMF belt that he said. Like the Jorge Masvidal fight, I think would be the biggest fight the UFC could possibly make. Dana uh, doesn't agree. Dana does not agree. He thinks uh, Conor McGregor versus Habib, the rematch, could do more than three million buys. I mean, he said this, this fight was trending massively. He said that fight would be the biggest fight, but of course Habib has to win. Maybe Tony Ferguson wins. Maybe they do a rematch with Habib and Tony Ferguson. Who knows? I personally like the Jorge Masvidal fight. Uh, Dana White wants Jorge Masvidal versus Kamaru Usman. Kamaru Usman was also Kate's side, uh, yawning when they put the, ca the, 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 the camera on him. But, uh, but I think we're both in agreement. Like Justin Gaethje is kind of a loser in this whole situation. Yeah, Not a loser in the sense that, like, what what do you do with him now? But he wasn't in the narrative. No, right? he this really was a wasn't. Fight that he was very much in the narrative before it was announced that it was Cerrone that he would be fighting. Everybody was calling for Gaethje. You know, unfortunately, he wasn't one of the people that was, you know, proposed to Conor tonight when he was on the stage. Really, mm -hmm. it was all about Masvidal. It was all about Usman. It was all about Habib. Um, unfortunately, it looks like he's got the short end of the stick here, stick here for Justin. But um, you know. The, Masvidal's a huge fight, you know, like it, it really is. And it's a fight that takes place within McGregor's wheelhouse. And mm -hmm. um, a lot of people are saying to me uh, from back home that Masvidal didn't really stimulate interest in that, in that fight tonight as much as he possibly could have. I, I, yeah, I haven't watched the broadcast, so I don't know. But, you know, when Dana was talking about that Habib fight th today and it breaking all these records, it does seem like a, a way bigger fight now that Connor has won a fight again. In, right? like, in this fashion. Yeah, like in theory, when they were just talking about that without this happening, without, without a win, when, it, when Connor was just talking about the rematch, it seemed crazy. But now that we've, we've seen him all this week with better behavior and he's gone in and done exactly what everyone expected him to do, 
now, now it seems like, you know, maybe it could be. Maybe they could. Like, that was a crazy, crazy fight. Mm-hmm. The storylines you could generate from that fight was insane. Like, I mean, no matter what we want to say, it was ugly. It was very dark. But everybody was, was really involved. The world involved. stopped for Yeah, that. you know, so, you know, maybe, maybe he does have a point there. But just right now, Masvidal seems like the hot guy. Or certainly did before this happened. So, um, I mean, the narrative that, I, that comes to mind is Connor himself said he wasn't focused in that camp leading up to Habib. I mean, you, you yourself said, like, the stories that could come out of that fight camp could probably fill a book. Oh, crazy, crazy. So, like, the narrative's going to be a focused Conor McGregor rematching Habib, like, this, like his foot's probably not going to be bo- like blown up like a balloon and this and that. So I'm not quite sold because I think Habib will win that rematch. And I well, first he has to get through Tony Ferguson and just go Floyd Mayweather. Test. And of course Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> like Floyd Mayweather put out a graphic to, to rematch Connor, and then 30 minutes later he puts out a, re- a graphic to fight Habib. So like it's quite confusing. It's it is quite confusing. Manny Pacquiao is making fake graphics to fight Conor McGregor in Allegiant Stadium here in Las Vegas, the new Raiders Stadium. So. If you're Conor McGregor, you pretty much have the pick of the litter who's going to make you the most money. And like Dana White said, Conor McGregor versus this random reporter with a camera would be a big fight. And I tend to agree. Who cares who Conor McGregor fights next? People are going to be interested. Exactly. As I said, he's laid the foundation to grow again now. But this was this was necessary. This whole thing was a necessary step to take before he could go on and challenge these big names again. I really feel like that, you know. Um, Cerrone himself, like I see a lot of people saying, you know, he didn't put forward a good challenge, but, you know. I mean, who, who, like, he didn't put forth a good challenge, but who could have been prepared for those shoulder strikes that he threw? Like, those, like that's, they just shattered his nose right away. And like, I mean, that is a positive that um, McGregor's camera going to take from this. Like, he showed a lot of new wrinkles. Like, mm-hmm. uh, now he's landed head kicks back in, the, back in the day and cage wires, all this kind of stuff. And, but like, you know, to, to damage Cerrone the way he did with the shoulder strikes and the head kicks, like, you know, he, he spoke about himself. Like, he was saying, you know, I'm only known for the left hand. These, these are new wrinkles in his game. We, we haven't really seen those before. He hurt Cerrone with, with the shoulder strikes. He hurt him with the head kick. So I feel like that's something they're going to take very positively from this. So one final one before we move further down the card. Uh, you said you viewed this fight as potentially a factory reset. Yeah, yeah. Is that what you witnessed today? Absolutely. Look, nobody's talking about uh, all the controversies. <laughs> Everybody's just talking about, is it going to be Masvidal? Is it going to be Habib? Is he going to do it in a stadium? He's created so many storylines today, and none of them are negative, really. It's just pondering his future. Like, that's exactly what the UFC and Conor McGregor would have wanted from today. We've come away from this event talking about this guy who was so happy, who was so respectful all the way through the camp. You know, he's coming out here and he's he's setting up several fights. Is it going to be Usman? Is it going to be Habib? Is it going to be Masvidal? I think that's pretty much perfect from McGregor's brand position. I think that's exactly what they would have wanted. So moving down one fight, we're going to talk about the co-main event. Uh, Holly Holm uh, moves to 2-0 and against Raquel Pennington. Not the most thrilling fight. Uh, I don't want to put blame on any of the fighters because Holly Holm was basically using a lot of uh, fence work where she'd push the fight up against the fence, clinch up and kind of work in the short range. The crowd hated I was outside sitting octagon side. The crowd booed whenever they clinched up and just had a roarous cheer whenever they separated. But Raquel didn't really seem to do anything to try and stop it. Like, she would find herself stuck against the fence and was basically like, I guess this is where I'm here now. And Holly Holm was like, well, if, I'm just going to keep working then. Like, if you're not going to do anything, I'm just going to keep working. Uh, Dana White was not the happiest Lambasted. person. We're, we're, sit, we're standing back here during the press conference. Dana White is rinsing the referee for not uh, separating the fighters, saying there was no action, saying, like, when there's not enough action, you're supposed to separate them, this and that. Holly Holm is standing right here yes. looking at Dana White, basically throwing this fight under the bus. But uh, what, what was your takeaways from this fight? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't the most thrilling fight in the world. Um, but, I mean, 
like Holly came in here as a boxer and she, yeah. she's in there doing this to Raquel. She's out, out wrestling her. I mean, if Raquel's not going to offer anything else, what, what do you want Holly to do? She, right. She's won the fight soundly. And look, you know, maybe some blame does be placed on the referee. You know, it's hard to know, but um, I, I just think it's a tad, you know, disrespectful Harsh. when when Holly's there right. waiting for a turn to get up on the stage and the press conference has gone on for an hour. <laughs> and we later learned on, like, Holly got very emotional saying that her father, like, recently had a stroke and she her head hurt. It, that really affected her, mm. so... I and get her father's usually at these Her fights, father you know? is very, she's very close with her father. Yeah. She, her, it plays a huge part in, in her combat career. So uh, you have to feel for Holly. And she got the W at the end of the day. That's all that matters. She's back in the win column. She said she has no interest in retiring right now. She thinks she can get back uh, to the championship fight yet again. But it's obviously going to have to take a few more. But is there anything you want to see from Holly in terms of who you'd like to see her fight next? No, nothing jumping out on me to be quite honest. Right. What about you? Is there anyone you're like? I'm not maybe, jumping up and maybe down. Maybe a rematch with Jermaine Durand. I mean, now 135, they both lost uh, Amanda Nunes, so you could rematch there. You, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of fighters at 135 that Holly could fight, but it's like Holly seems to be one of those fighters that's always going to be right there for a championship contender. So like, who do you want to who do you want her to fight and, and knock off yeah. uh, the title uh, pass? So maybe I would say maybe rematch Jermaine at 135. The that's first fight. You was at 145, this controversial with the two late punches Absolutely. at the end. So that's the one that immediately comes to mind. Yeah, I completely agree. That's a great show, man. Uh, anything else interest you off this card? We had, uh, I'll, oh, yeah. we'll say the main card because we could we have a lot to talk about uh, on the prelim too, but uh, Team Crystal member, Brian Kelleher, uh, his the last few, last like 24 hours, uh, gets a crystal from us backstage at the official weigh-ins. Like an hour later, gets bumped up to the main card for pay-per-view, submits, uh, his opponent Ode Osborne in the first round and gets a performance in the night bonus. Now I don't want to say the hype we real. played a factor in that, but we the, definitely played a factor in that, right? Well, I don't know if it was us or the power of pyroid, right, but it right, certainly right. was something came over Brian Keller today and he admitted as much in his post-fight interview. And look, you know, we're getting getting some people hate on the crystal movement, but the proof's in the pudding, guys. We got there tonight, you know? I mean, it was it was a it was a major win for uh, Mr. Keller, her former uh, co-host of the A side, maybe future co-host of the A side too. But uh, anything else jump out at you on the main card? Alexio Linick picks up like his 57th or 47th. I can't remember the number off the top of my head. His win for Brucey over Doom calls him out. Diego Fajeda submits Anthony Pettis. That's I believe huge. it's the first time Anthony Pettis ever submitted, if I'm not mistaken. But that's a huge win for Diego. Like yeah. Tysonoff and Pettis now, like you know, I know he was the favorite coming into this, but for the casual fans watching, like they know, they know Anthony Pettis. Yeah, a former the champion. He was on the Wheaties box. And, and as um, Casey was saying, actually during the fight, uh, a, car, uh, a cameraman he was saying, you know, Pettis always uses the same kind of escape from that rear naked choke. You know, he always tries to get oh, out yeah, the same yeah. way. But Diego was all over him, man. Like he like did his homework. He's so good. He, he's so strong in those positions. And um, I'm expecting something really big from him next. Like, as, as was said to him afterwards, the last person, Anthony Pettis, went into one of the biggest fights of the year against Jorge Masvidal for the BMF title. Now, not that I'm saying I think Diego's going to be a BMF anytime soon, uh, but uh, certainly, certainly a very impressive guy who's probably floating uh, on the radar a bit too much. I think he deserves a top 10 mm. ranking right now. Like, he obviously, I believe Anthony Pettis was like 9 or 10. Uh, in the lightweight division now, so uh, even if he doesn't get into the top 10, maybe he's right there at 11 or 12, but a top 10 opponent uh, is is massively deserving. Uh, anything else really jump out at you from this? Just something you said to me, actually, and it's a good show. Like, we're, we're talking about Pettis uh, suffering defeat, we're talking about Cerrone suffering defeat. Is it time for that rematch? 
Yeah, that's a, that's a fantastic, uh, you, you brought it up. We were sitting in the back trying to wonder what was going on. They both fight at 170. Uh, they both lost to Nate Diaz. They, they fight at 155. So I, I, I like that rematch. It was teased at earlier this year by Duke Rufus. So whether it's at 170, whether it's at 155, I don't know, but I actually do really like that rematch. Yeah, and the first one happened, I think, years ago. Three-round fight in Chicago. It was like a body kick. So it's a good fight night main event. Yeah, and I mean, I think that fight was actually meant to happen here. Pettis yeah. v. Cerrone. I think that's what Anthony told us at the uh, media day the other day. As far as he was concerned, that that was going down here um, on this card. And next of all, Cerrone was taken out of play. And we have Conor McGregor v. Donald sure. Cerrone. And moving on to the preliminary card, I definitely want to get your thoughts on... Um, the, as our cameraman has uh, dubbed it, the people's main event. Roxanne Matafari earns a bloody dominant decision over Macy Barber, who uh, some of our fellow journalists have called. She basically big-sistered her yes. the entire fight. Casey and I were on the A side when you were having your plane difficulties, and we looked up the, the, the line, and that Wednesday, Macy Barber was minus 1,000 favorite to win and not only did she come up short her first defeat ever i think she, I, I don't remember her record off the top of my head she got just like cut open her knee got no her knee buckled this. uh she got full like she like roxanne got full mount twice uh everything macy barber threw up at her roxanne not only got out but got into extremely dominant position so what did you make of this performance by roxanne Montefiore, who as she told me has been training martial arts longer than macy's been alive so looking at this was this was the, was the writing on the wall for this type of performance to happen? I think it's a huge win. Um, she's, she, she looked brilliant at the way. Unbelievable. She, she looks so ripped, you know? And, and it, like, remember when I saw her face and off with Macy at, at the, the ceremonial weigh-ins, and you're kind of seeing them looking at each other, like, Roxanne looks huge, you know? And um, it's, just, it's just experience, you know? Like, she, we haven't really seen her go that dark before. Sure. You know, she was she was pretty sinister in there as she was fighting. She's the nicest person in the world when she isn't fighting, we should point out. But um, she looked absolutely unbelievable. You could argue it's nearly one of the biggest wins of her career. Because we're, we're all talking about Macy's going to be the youngest champion. Macy, oh, she, you know, she hits like a mule. <laughs> Roxanne goes in there and, you know, has her way with her, really. Like, like completely like Macy had no answers for anything. Uh, and people, she looked we, genuinely shocked by the situation. Remember the, the doctor came over to try to check her eye and she's like pushing her away. It was, she completely overwhelmed. She'd like never that. been. I thought she was cracked. She cracked, She had know? cracked after yeah. that first round and her knee was buckled. Weird situation where the referee like checked or the doctor checked the, the knee between rounds. And we're like, well, what if Roxanne didn't know her knee was she hurt? she said after Now she is. clearly knows her knee is hurt, but she said she didn't know. She didn't know, didn't want to target the knee. She's like, I wanted to punch her in the face, not the knee. So, so nice. I was like, what a nice, to... nice woman. <laughs> Just punch you in the face, not, not, your, not your injured knee. Uh, but beautiful performance. I mean, we were talking uh, on the A side, like if Macy wins this by another stoppage, why wouldn't you give her a title shot just based on the, her, her, the hype alone? She, she's the one trying to calm us down. We we're, were at the, at the media day going, oh, it's not going to be too long until you're fighting for the title. She's like, maybe two, two or three more. You know what I mean? So sure. that's the situation she came into there. Like we were all pushing this as the next big star of this division. And Roxanne comes in and takes all that momentum. I'm very interested to see what they do with Roxanne. And there's a lot of 125 uh, fights going. Molly McCann has a big fight. She has a brilliant win streak, too. So maybe she wins. That's a fun fight. I'd That's like. a great fight. Roxanne, I don't want to see Roxanne modified face any more prospects. You see what happens there with her. So she, she debuted in 2003. That was her pro debut. And Macy was five. So, I mean, no one else. But any, anything else on this prelim card that really jumped out at you? Uh, Sadiq Youssef was a big well, win. Your man, Asker Askarov. Had a, had a brilliant performance. Joseph Benavidez, even gave the, the title contender, uh, gave him a big shout out. But anything else uh, strike you? I know another one, uh, uh, I, what, what, who, the, the, uh, the one that you were very, the 
the Drew Dober knocked out. His name oh, is Nazrat Hakkaras. Exactly. A lot of great performances on this. Drew Dober was unbelievable, yeah. man. Nazrat's a really, really hyped guy. Uh, you know, he's born to Afghani parents. He fights out of Germany. And I can remember the first time I went to a Hamburg card, you know, it's very obvious what he means to the people over there. He's a huge deal. And um, really, Drew, again, steals all the, his momentum. Um, you know, he left himself open for that point. That's going to haunt him. Weird, that's haunt weird him. performance from uh, Nazareth Hakaraf, where he came out. Yeah. He seems like anxious to just get it over with. Like he came in like just looking for a haymaker right away. And Drew Dober was like, whoa, what's happening? Like he seems anxious. I don't know if it was overwhelmed by the card, uh, by maybe something happened. Like you said, like maybe something happened before, but he threw a kick without any sort of setup. And Drew Dober was like, there's your face, bam, yeah. knockout. So it was just a just a weird, weird, weird performance for uh, an individual with all this hype. Yeah, and look, you know, you never want to see a prospect getting, mm -hmm. you know, starched like that. Let's be honest. You know, he had a few digs on the ground there. Yeah, you know, one too many. I think one too many. I felt, I felt like you, you know, they could have stepped in earlier, but yeah, look, they're gonna have to do a big rebuild job with, with Nazrat now. Like as I said before, this Faraz Ahabi has this guy pitted as a future world champion. Yeah. like that is not. Um, that's not the kind of results he wants if he's going to be chasing the sure. belt. But Drew Dober looked fantastic, and you know he has Dana White big enough. In the, Got a performance the, bonus. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Like, um, it's just the way the fight game goes, isn't it? Momentum. Yeah. I mean, Sadiq Youssef uh, talked about momentum. He's one of the hottest fighters of featherweight right now. I mean, I remember talking with Andre Feely. I've been saying this for, for a long time. Like, he told me when he beat Miles Miles Jerry, like, I'm going to be champion by the end of 2019. Didn't work out. First fight of 2020 comes up short to Sadiq Youssef. Uh, seemed to be pretty split in terms of on Twitter when I was when I was reading through like who, who people thought won, but a win's a win. I don't think it would, like like the bad boy Alice Kaylee says, close fights aren't always controversial. It was a close fight. I actually had Sadiq Youssef winning, but if they had given the fight to Andre Fila, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't call it a robbery. But what did you make of Sadiq? You've you've been covering Sadiq for quite a while, haven't you? Yeah, well, he was on our radar. He, he fought an Irish prospect, Dylan Tuke, there a while ago, and um, we knew all about him then. That was that was. A couple, of, maybe a year before he had signed for the UFC, but he today I was really impressed with how he handled the media. To be honest, you know, I know the guy can fight. I know he's he's a savage fighter, but he came out and he was brilliant with the media. Sure. He was telling us how he's trying to stop his mother from competing in MMA. He got her to train. She lost 20, 30 pounds. But you know, he seemed like a really great. Just got a citizenship, correct? Right? Yes. Yeah. Like he, he had so much to say, um, and and to be honest, he looked fresh as a daisy. You know, he didn't have a mark on his. I think his, his lips, uh, he, he might have cut. Um, he had a, uh, a kind of a blemish over his eye, but he looked fresh. Um, I think he has a huge future. He's 26 years of age. I mean, the sky is the limit for that guy. Uh, another another great prospect to watch out for. It was uh, coming into this card. I think one of the narratives outside of the everything surrounding Connor was this card really felt had like a boxing. Uh, feel to yeah. where it was a, it was a main event was mm. drew so much interest and then a lot of fights that might have been important or like we understood they were fun fights but weren't bringing the eyeballs to this card after it's all said and done like Sabina Mazo had a great performance Asker Askarov had a great performance uh, Drew Dober Sadiq Youssef Roxanne Matafari so at the end of the day pretty fun card at when it's all said and done yeah I, I think some of the Europeans were having issues with the Holly yeah. Holm Raquel Pankton you know when you're when you're waiting for that main event and you're you're mm -hmm. anticipating it so much if it you know a slow calm main event can sure. really take the wind out of your sails but other than that I think it was uh, I think it was very good like I mean we were very entertaining watching the fights today yeah, I had a 
I had a blast, as they would say over here. But anything else you want to say, you want to wrap, wrap this up, really put a bow on the end of UFC 246 and the return of Conor McGregor to the win column, I'll say. Yeah, like, I mean, I just think it's a home run for them. This is exactly what they wanted. You know, th there's no doubt about it. He's a valuable, valuable commodity. I think Dana White said afterwards there that they think he's... Two billion or something? Over two well, billion. Well, he was like, I like that. Someone asked him, goes, he worth two billion dollars? He goes, That'll do. That, that sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, this is what they needed. Um... Connor, Connor now has so many so many avenues he can go down. He's going to stimulate the interest of the, interest of the crowd again. And, um, you know, it's all it's all about what they're going to do next. And we're interested to hear mm -hmm. what they're going to do next. It's not like we're going, oh, whatever. Like, I mean, there is many fights there and, and huge fights that they can make based off Connor getting back in the win column and Connor really kind of absolving himself of everything that has happened. You know, well, in terms of everyone's interest sure. now, this has just happened recency bias will dictate that this is what they're going to talk about. Well, I can't think of a better way to end this. Uh, we're going to wrap this up here from the UFC 246 uh, post-fight show. Uh, you can stick around on this YouTube page. Uh, you can watch all of our post-fight scrums with all the winners from the undercard. Uh, the main, main event, uh, Conor McGregor and Holly Holm at press conferences after Dana White had a press conference. We're going to have coffee talk coming out soon, uh, which I know you're very excited about. We're going to have another hipster hour while we drink coffee. Uh, but stay on this page. Uh, Casey Lydon's making funny faces behind Bud. For Jose, that's Pizzi. Uh, you can catch him on Eurobash. I'll be on A side. He won't be because he's going on vacation or something. Oh, but well. maybe we'll have Brian Kelleher back. Who maybe. knows? Uh, hold on to your crystals. Uh, stay on this page. We're out. <laughs>